Hello, welcome to episode three of the ISH Geography podcast. We're going to be moving on in this episode to global climate, vulnerability and resilience, which is unit two, and more specifically looking at the uh, causes of global climate change for so the first part of that unit, in particular how natural and human processes affect the global energy balance. Um, you can probably hear, hopefully, we've got a new microphone, so the quality is a little bit better than the first two episodes, and I'm going to try and keep it shorter as well, um, so there's less to take in all at once and keep the episodes a little bit shorter, but also a little bit more frequent. So let's jump in uh, to looking at the causes of global climate change. Okay, so the first part of the unit uh, talks about the atmospheric system, uh, the natural greenhouse effect and the energy balance. So essentially what you need to know for this part is when uh, solar radiation comes to Earth as uh, shortwave radiation from, from the sun, solar radiation, what happens to it and how does that affect our atmosphere and more importantly, how does it affect our climate? So the really important part of this is the Earth's energy balance. Um, so essentially any energy that exists in Earth has come from the sun as incoming solar radiation. And what the Earth's energy balance looks at is when that comes into the Earth's system and through the Earth's atmosphere, what happens to that energy? Okay, now you don't need to know in detail all the different things that happens to that energy, but you need to be aware of the fact that some of that will never make its worth. It will be reflected or it comes into the Earth's atmosphere, but it's reflected by the atmosphere. That could be clouds in the atmosphere. Um, it could be absorbed in the atmosphere as well by dust. So some of that is never actually going to make it um, to the Earth's surface. Okay. Um, in fact, not a small proportion, but, but quite a, a high amount is reflected and absorbed by the atmosphere. Um, some of it will be reflected by the surface as well. So rather than being absorbed by the surface, it will be reflected by the Earth's surface. And then some of it will be absorbed. And depending on the albedo of the surface, which we'll talk about in a second, um, that will dictate if it's going to be reflected or if it's going to be absorbed. Um, yeah, so that is... That is um, an important part of this because you need to understand well how much of it is being absorbed because that is going to dictate how much our climate heats and what the climate of earth is like so the earth's energy budget is a really really uh, important tool for you to have to be able to explain what is going on with the earth's climate and an important part of that is the role that greenhouse gases pay, play in the Earth's energy budget. The greenhouse gases act like a blanket around the Earth, um, which keep the energy and really keep the heat within the Earth system. Because when the energy from the sun is radiated out from the Earth, it's been absorbed and then radiated out, that is long wave energy, so that is heat energy. And the greenhouse gases as a blanket around the Earth keep that heat or some of that heat within the Earth system. A really important thing to remember and a common mistake people make is that the greenhouse effect is a natural part of the system. There will be greenhouse gases in the Earth's atmosphere, carbon dioxide, methane, water vapor. They exist independently of humans. Without that greenhouse effect, without the natural greenhouse effect, Earth would be too cold for most forms of life. In fact, Earth would be a completely different system. 
to the one that we know now, okay? But looking at that balance allows us to say, well, how much would we expect to come in and out of the Earth system? And if more of the energy is staying in the Earth system, that is going to lead to a warming of our climate. If more energy is leaving the Earth system than we would expect, that would lead to a cooling of the Earth's climate. So essentially, you're looking at the incoming shortwave radiation, the outgoing longwave radiation, and seeing the balance between the two. And that helps us understand what is, um, what is going on with the Earth's climate. As a part of that, obviously, this is a really complex system. So there's always going to be changes happening. That balance is never going to be a perfect balance. It's always going to be fluctuating. For example, there may be solar radiation variations. So the amount of solar radiation the Earth is receiving from the sun might go up and down. For example, on the Milankovitch cycles, the Earth um, doesn't orbit in a perfectly circular way around the sun. It's elliptical. Sometimes we're nearer, sometimes we're further. And that's going to affect how much um, solar radiation the Earth receives when we're further. We would expect to see a cooler climate. Um, and that's on about an 11-year cycle. Another example uh, could be global dimming due to volcanic eruptions. So if a volcano erupts, it's going to shoot ash and gases out into the Earth's atmosphere. That's going to reflect solar radiation. So the Earth will receive less solar radiation. So we would expect a, what we call a volcanic winter until that ash um, disperses and, and comes back down to the ground. So, yeah. We're going to get a what we call global dimming there, less solar radiation because it's being reflected by the ash and the dust that is in the atmosphere. Now we move on to a really important um, part of this um, unit because it helps us to understand and kind of explain what's going on without necessarily or perhaps make predictions without necessarily knowing for sure. So we can think about feedback loops. And one particular way you can think about feedback loops is the terrestrial albedo changes. What is happening to the surfaces on Earth? Albedo is a measure of the reflectivity of a surface. So something like ice and snow has a very high albedo, so it's going to reflect a lot of the sun's radiation. The incoming solar radiation is going to get reflected. Dark surfaces, um, blues and blacks are going to absorb high amounts of the solar radiation and that could lead to an, an increase in the temperature. With climate change, we know that um, ice and snow are melting. We're getting less ice and snow. If, for example, ice in land-based glaciers melts, goes into the sea, that's going to lead to more dark surfaces, which will lead to more heating, which will lead to more ice melting, more dark surfaces. So there is an example of what we would say is a positive feedback loop because that is taking us away from our equilibrium temperature we would expect to see, okay? Um, another example of this is the melting permafrost. Uh, as the permafrost melts, methane is released. Essentially, the stuff that was decomposed in the permafrost has been frozen and hasn't been decomposing. But as it warms up, it decomposes again. That releases large amounts of methane gas, um, or it might just simply be that the methane gas is trapped in the ice. 
Methane is a very, very, very powerful greenhouse gas. It's about 56 times more powerful as a greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide. So obviously, if that methane is being released into the atmosphere, it's going to um, lead to an enhanced greenhouse effect. Remember, the greenhouse effect is natural, but this would be enhanced um, from what we would normally expect to see. That's going to keep more of the heat in the Earth's uh, system. That's going to lead to more heating, more methane being released, more ice melting, more methane being released, and then you've got a positive feedback loop again. Now, I mentioned global dimming just a second ago. That would be an example of a negative feedback loop because if a volcano erupts, say it's a huge eruption, the supervolcano Yellowstone National Park shoots ash and dust into the atmosphere, goes all around the world, reflects the sunlight before it gets into the uh, before it can be absorbed by the earth that would be a negative feedback loop because it's going to take our um, temperature more back towards what we would expect to see and away from climate change um, which we've been studying now obviously a large part of this is greenhouse gas emissions from what we might call anthropogenic activities essentially humans releasing in the greenhouse gases from internal combustion engines and the way we produce our energy essentially everything we do in our modern lives has a carbon footprint has a greenhouse gas emission linked to it obviously in more economically developed places we're going to have more activities which have a high carbon footprint because we use more energy, uh, we get our goods from all around the world. Um, and obviously with globalization and trade, that increases the amount of greenhouse gas emissions. Um, very, a very small proportion of our trade is what we might call carbon neutral. So it doesn't have any emissions from it. And that can be achieved by using um, better technologies, cleaner technologies in the in the transport, in the vehicles. And or maybe it's offsetting the carbon emissions as well. So if I was to buy something, the company I buy it from does um, something, for example, investing in tree planting that will absorb the carbon dioxide from whatever it is I've just purchased. But that is a very small proportion of our global trade. So with globalization, with economic development and the trade that comes with that, our greenhouse gas emissions are increasing, even so much so that during the coronavirus pandemic, I just read today, the greenhouse gas emissions have continued to rise, even though global trade for a long time has been not at standstill, but um, a much smaller kind of proportion of what it was. Greenhouse gas emissions have still been rising. So that's it for this first part of the Global Climate Change Unit. Um, and the key things for this, I would say, is the Earth's energy budget, understanding what happens to the solar radiation within the Earth system, or why does it not make it into the Earth system, and also the positive and negative feedback loops, and what causes those, what sets them in motion, um, and how they contribute to a change in the Earth's climate. Uh, next time, we'll move on to looking more at climate change um, and the consequences of climate change on different societies and different areas of our lives.